Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to a very special Nerdist Podcast number 63 with Will Friggin' Wheaton. One of my oldest and dearest friends. We were roommates when we were teenagers, uh, and we really hadn't had a chance to sit down and catch up in this much detail until this podcast. So we recorded this a few weeks ago at Smod Castle in Los Angeles. So thanks to Kevin Smith and Matt Cohen for making that available to us. It was fantastic, and they were super cool. Uh, all right, a couple quick announcements. I have some live stand-up shows. I would like you to come. Let us run through some dates. March 2nd through 5th, I will be at the San Francisco Punchline. Then March 11th, I'll be hosting a chat with Jimmy Fallon at the Paley Center for Media in Los Angeles. Then uh, March 13th, 14th, and 15th, I will be doing various shows at South by Southwest Interactive. Then the 16th through the 19th, I'll be at Zany's in Chicago. April 8th, Huke Lao in Chicopee, Massachusetts. And April 9th, the big show at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. So uh, details for all that stuff are at, of course, Nerdist.com. And I would also like to welcome back Falcon Northwest Computers, our sponsor for the third week in a row, making it happen. Uh, listen, if you want a custom-built laptop or desktop PC, these are the guys you got to talk to. They're in the Pacific Northwest. They build everything by hand. There's not some crazy factory with a bunch of conveyor belts and a bunch of automated machines doing everything. They do it. They will customize your PC with logos. Uh, they will give you the customer support that you need once you take it home. They're good guys. They're awesome nerds. Uh, and they've been reviewed and lauded by pretty much any kind of uh, tech review company that you could possibly think of uh, has given these guys the big old thumbs up. So go over to falcon-nw.com. Check out the reviews. Check out their products. Custom design your computer. They will build it for you. And you will be more than pleased with the results. Falcon Northwest Computers, again, that's falcon-nw.com, masterpieces of handcrafted silicon. And now here's the Nerdist Podcast episode number 63 with Will Wheaton! Now entering Nerdist.com. Keep Hello. clapping. Keep clapping. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's good. I'm Mike in the audience this time. I want to make sure you guys don't run too hot. Welcome to the show, young lady. 
I see you got your water box right there. No one listening. Just crouch for, crouch for the whole show. Okay, all right. Uh, here we go. I'm going to hold this microphone because it's not weird me. To have Should we hold here. ours too? I'm I much think it's lazy. better than, you know, so being. Get some symmetry going on? I don't know. Do whatever you want. But whenever I don't have to use my hands, I kind of want to do that. All right. It's totally up to you. This is your. Listen, they're your prehensile fingers. You apply them to whatever objects you feel like. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming out tonight to the Nerdist Podcast at Smod Castle, everybody. <laughs> Very exciting week. We're in. We're in almost week three. We're actually. What are we? Well, I don't know. This will be week seven or something. Yeah, but anyway, uh, we've don't been doing the guestless Nerdist podcast, and they've been super fun. And uh, the last time we were here, we were here with Kevin Smith, who was awesome. Uh, we discovered coined the, the term Vader pussy. Vader pussy. Vader pussy. Yeah. Someone just tweeted me the other day that they they used it as uh, they used it as a euphemism for something that was awesome. So they said, "Yeah, that sounds so Vader pussy." Hmm. Yeah. And, that uh, sounds like an old man trying to be hip. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, I get you, kids. That that new band is total Vader pussy. <laughs> Dad, come on. Dad. Come on. That's, I'm a Vader pussy kind no, of guy. Dad, that's not how you use it. Vader pussy. Oh. At least he's trying. It's <laughs> true. Um, uh, what do you guys? Uh, anything fun going on this week before we bring Will out? Personally, yeah. Hmm. Anything fun? Hmm. You're just working all the time. Work a lot. Do this sometimes. Cry most of the time. <laughs> most of the, most of the time. Yeah, my iPhone's broken. I didn't. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. What, I didn't drop it near water. If that's what you're wondering. Oh, okay. Just happened magically. <laughs> <laughs> Just localized thunderstorm in your phone. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right, my uh, the inside of my phone controls the weather, and uh, there's oh, a small cool. weather system in there, so it's, that's why I got broken. It's like Sean Connery in the Avengers movie, but smaller. Yep. From now on, you'll buy your weather from me. <laughs> is, who is that? Sean Connery. Oh maybe? no. <laughs> No, sorry. Who did who? Who did you think it was? No, I knew who wait, it was. Wait, wait, do it again. <laughs> I was just trying to make you feel bad about yourself. Oh, thank you. Wait, sorry. wait, hold on. Let's. Do, let, you know what? We got to do the James Lipton thing. Matthew, I would like to talk to Sean Connery right now. Yes, Chris. No, no, Sean Connery. He said Sean Connery. I no, this is a pretty good Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have a stroke? I... <laughs> Some slight paralyzation on my right side. <laughs> you seem to be sagging on one side. Yeah. That is I'm not also Sean bloated from the medication. <laughs> That's Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like we could blab for a few more minutes. Or I just... sounds good. So, oh, <laughs> I'm just so excited to get our guest out here because. We've been friends for, he just reminded me, uh, ah, shit, I don't want to say it, but it's a really long fucking time. We've been friends a long time. Say it. What? Say it. We've been friends for 20 years. Okay. Uh, 20 years. Oh, it hurts. Oh, God, that hurts so much to say that. <laughs> oh, it hurts so much to say that. Uh, but, you know, he is a, an amazing guy and, and has just been one of my best buddies for as long as I can possibly remember. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, LeVar Burton. <laughs> No, it's Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. That's expect, right. expect a lot of that. If seeing them talk before the show is any indication, expect a lot of weird inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to make notes, and I never make notes for this show, as you probably know if you listen. Just because... <laughs> 
There are so many wonderful things that I want to talk about with you. Things that have happened throughout our lives, treasured Across moments. Across the 20 years that we've known each yes. other. Yes. What would you do if I sang out a tune? What was it like working on the Wonder Years? I knew on that <laughs> afternoon as Chris and I walked across the street <laughs> that going to the store was less about getting food and trying to buy beer, and it was more about expressing ourselves as the young men we were becoming. I'm glad to hear that because for a second I thought you would cast me as Winnie. And I was going to be... <laughs> I, I had. <laughs> uh, so Will and I met in the early, early 90s and um, <laughs> we met through... Uh, my friend Cal Cal was, Mann uh, Was in your uh, fraternity I was in a fraternity For my freshman year of college uh, Jock I have disavowed uh, If I were still in the frat I'd fucking punch you in the face But I'm not Because uh, <laughs> it's a horrible way to live But Do you remember where We actually first met? No In front of the AMC 10 theaters In Burbank Okay Going in to see Arachnophobia Oh my oh, god yeah. Dated Oh my god Yeah Yes <clears throat> Yeah, I totally remember that. And then the whole time after the movie, everyone was like, "Did you feel something on your leg?" Like we totally freaked out. It though. really freaked the fuck out. We really had it. We really got it. And now, if you watch Arachnophobia, you're like, "I'd actually rather not watch." You don't want to watch Arachnophobia? <laughs> no, it really skeeves me out. You don't like spiders? Not even a little bit. I don't even enjoy killing them, which I is don't... weird for something that I hate. Oh right, I go down on them because I want them to. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I want them to go away in pleasure. You should come over to my house. Really? Yeah. You want me to eat out all your spiders? Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then you'll leave and I'll be like, well, if you want more of that, spiders, <laughs> fucking shape up. <laughs> Get out of my barbecue. <laughs> that Chris Hardwick, he sure can make a spider come. <laughs> I once saw him change the hourglass on the underside of a black <laughs> widow into a moon. Uh. She was a widow, but she wasn't mourning her ex-husband anymore. No, she was not. <laughs> you just got to be, you got to be, be a little faster than the spider. You're going to do that because <laughs> they will try to kill you. Uh, I sort of developed a, a snake phobia uh, because of you. Um, <laughs> really? Like, you didn't have that because of life? No. No. <laughs> No, because how often, how often do you come in contact with snakes? If you live in a big city your whole life, it's very rare unless you're in the pet store. <laughs> uh, or if you... Uh, if you house sit for me. If you house sit for Will. Will used to have a six-foot python. Twelve-foot. Twelve-foot python <laughs> uh, named Sebastian? Yes. Okay. So... Yes, named after the guy from Blade Runner. <laughs> there you go. So we, uh, there, there was one time, this one time when um, <laughs> Will was working on a movie called Toy Soldiers, uh, and his parents were out of town. I house sat for them. That's right. And I don't know, you were probably like 17 at the time. No, I was, I was 18 because I was allowed to be off uh, working on the movie by, like my, by myself. Oh, right. Okay. Without supervision. Okay, good. Which as it, good which, for which, you, which, buddy. Which, as it turns out, was a great idea. <laughs> You and Sean Aston get up to some monkey business over there? A little bit of monkey business. That's great. I got up to some snake business uh, when Sebastian the snake lived in a giant terrarium next to uh, Will's snazzy waterbed. 
And so <laughs> it was the snazziest waterbed that never actually saw any action of all the waterbeds in really? the world. You, know, you want to see my snake? Oh, is that a waterbed? That seems. It never worked. If it makes you feel any better, if yeah. it makes you feel any better, yeah. I, I had sex with my college girlfriend on your waterbed while you were out of town once. All right? At least somebody did. That's what you get for being in a frat. <laughs> so the waterbed next to your terrarium that you bought with your Star Trek money got some action. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, was, I was banging this Kappa pussy, and... Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and that, was not, that was not the case. Uh, but... So the I'm, I'm there. So was it just like the crazy turbulent wave motion? Did it dislodge the pins that kept the the, the snake in his terrarium? So this is actually. Are we talking your, about the sex is, or the actual snake now? <laughs> so this is actually your fault. <laughs> no, I didn't fuck the snake out of its cage. I'm pretty sure you did. That's no, the way I, I heard not it. Fuck it out of Do its you guys cage. remember that story about when Chris fucked the snake out of the cage? Yeah. Guys, that's not how it happened at all. That should be the new level. It's like, oh, that dude can fuck the snake out of a cage. <laughs> <laughs> that was not how it happened at all. What I don't, you, you, you had the, listen, I don't under, the, the, the way that you kept that snake in the terrarium was uh, a piece of rope and a hockey stick, and you had tied it around, right. and so, you know. So the snake couldn't get out. <laughs> I'm sure or, that was the, uh, the climax of Anaconda, right? They're like, just get that hockey stick in that rope. Yep. The snake's going nowhere. Everyone knows their Look powers. out, Ice Cube. <laughs> 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 so I, I come back late at night uh, to Will's house, and I get into bed, and I feel this lump of clothes at the foot of the bed. So I kick it a couple times, like, yeah, I must have left my bag on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I lift up the covers and I just see these two eyes staring oh, at me. Shit. I had been kicking it in the face. I don't know how I didn't get bitten, so I call Will. It's so this like is three o'clock in the morning, your time. Let's see if we can recreate the phone call. So it's like three or four o'clock in the morning in Virginia, and uh, I've been working on Toy Soldiers. And um, I, I, it's a better story if I had an early call, but I don't remember if I did. Let's just decide that I, that I do. So the phone rings, um, uh, because back in those days, kids, uh, you would have to actually get a phone call on the phone in your hotel. Yep. That was bolted to the nightstand. And you can't set those on vibrate or no, silent. No, you can't. Setting that phone on silent just means taking it off the hook. Right. Right. Well, hook? Which I didn't want to do. Uh, yeah, I know. It's an, don't worry about it, kiddo. <laughs> uh, so... So uh, go grab yourself some penny candy, and I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> What's so a I... dial tone? <laughs> Let me tell you about a furry little guy who jumps on a triangle named Cubert. <laughs> <laughs> He's a saucy fellow who occasionally says bad words. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So he also, ironically, was chased by a snake. He was. Yes, he was. Interesting. Cubert and I have a lot in common. So I answer the phone. And, and uh, uh, you know, usually when the phone rings at that time of, of the morning, it doesn't, it, there's not good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just set your VCR clock. <laughs> just wanted to let you know you're a great friend. Okay, thanks. Hey, Will, 70 and sunny tomorrow. Click. Thank you. Oh, fuck. Uh, and, uh, and, and Chris says, I think I might have just started with, like, Will? Will, it's Chris. And then I think you might have responded with a... Great. Why are you calling me at 4 o'clock in the morning? I have to get up early in the morning and go have sex with lots of women. Because that's what I do. I'm 18 and a movie star. 
some of this may have been dramatized. <laughs> <laughs> so then my response is something like, uh, Oh my God, I think it was this thing, and then I kicked it because it was by the clothes. Chris, calm down. Wait, calm down. I can't, I can't hear you. I can't, calm down. Wait, calm down. Wait. It's looking at okay. me. All right, all right, Chris, Chris. Did, did you fuck the snake out of the cage? Because I've always thought that was a possibility, but never really something I had to worry about happening. I got it wrong. I thought you fucked the snake back in the cage. So, so I had to talk Chris through getting the snake. No, 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 no. What happened first was you oh. went... <laughs> that may have happened. And then you said, well, you're going to have to put him back in the cage. And then I think in my mind, I was like, can't we just live like this and I'll just stay upstairs and I'll leave him until you. (laughs) (laughs) It's Hardwick and the snake, they're roommates, but things aren't great. The snake is big and Hardwick's scared. Snake's sleeping in his bed. (laughs) Did you strangle all my milk out of the container again? (laughs) I marked it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and so Will said, well, you got to get it back in. So he talked me through bagging up the snake with the four corners of the sheet. (laughs) Sounds like another sexual move. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I bagged the snake. Make sure you bag up the snake before you fuck it right out of the bed. The dead people that died in their house that's what we'd do you did yeah. Matt yeah. used to work at a funeral home that's what you did you, yeah. would, you would you would back up the snake with the four corners of the sheet snake that's or that's disgusting or deceased, deceased Matt deceased deceased loved one or so sorry that's fine he, he listen I would have personally been like I would have not told him and told the snake he's got a giant terrarium all weekend <laughs> <laughs> and invite all your snake room. friends over <laughs> That, uh, was a, that was a really bad house sitting experience for you. You went to give my, you feed my brother's bird, who was, a, who was an asshole. Oh, yeah, your brother's bird hated me, too. Yeah, my, my, my brother's bird hated everybody. Yeah. And my mom left you that note. My mom leaves Chris a note that says, give uh, Maui a grape and he'll be your friend forever. So Chris goes upstairs to give Maui the grape. And Maui's like, get the fuck out of my room. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I got charged by a parrot yeah. keat or something. Yeah, and it's weird because you outweigh them by a factor of like 10,000. Well, but that, still, you run away from them. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me the other day where I got, ch- I got charged at by a chihuahua baring its teeth and barking. Yeah. And I just want to be like, you really don't know I could kick you into the ether? Like, you really yeah. don't have a concept you, yeah, of that. Yeah, right into, into orbit you could kick But that, there's something that. about a bird because their claws and beak and they're flappy and you don't know if they're going to go for the well, eyes. You know why? What? Because they have the movie. Right. And what do Chihuahuas have? Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Yeah. Yeah, the worst they're going to do is give you an STD and be on the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually worse. I'd rather be attacked by a flock of birds I than be on the Kardashians. I did get attacked by all of your animals. Everything in the house, yeah. Your parents were very tolerant with us, though. They were. Uh, and, you and had we very, were... very cool parents. And we were, we were the obnoxious, snotty kids that they didn't deserve to yeah. have all the time. But we weren't like dick wagons to them. We were just sort of like, our, we, we, were, we were more just like having fun at how upset, they, like they got so upset yeah. when we would just like, if you would say shit. Well, your mom and, had kitchen rules. Yeah, if we, we weren't allowed to cuss in the kitchen. So we figured out that we could stand on the border of the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not in the fucking kitchen, mom. So uh, maybe the kitchen rules can suck my balls. <laughs> 
Your mother loved us for that. I think she did. You remember? Do <laughs> 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 you remember when <laughs> we were at my mom and dad's house, and it was before they remodeled the kitchen, so they still had kind of the low fluorescent lights. Yes, uh, it said like recessed fluorescent lighting with all the panels over it, and uh, I <laughs> went into there refrigerator and I took out a, a stick of butter <laughs> and I had learned this trick that you do with pats of butter where you open up the foil pad of butter and then you pull it really tight and shoot the pad of butter up onto the ceiling <laughs> so, so I did that with a stick of butter do you remember? <laughs> and it made the loudest noise in the world <laughs> it just it, you know, it hit that plastic thing. Yeah. And my dad comes running from downstairs. And at this time in my dad's life, uh, my dad is, is, you know, he's a handsome guy. But at this particular time in his life, he had a rat tail. Um, and he wore like Birkenstocks and big baggy muscle builder pants. Yeah, a handsome guy. Pants. Yeah, I know. You already said that. <laughs> All right. so, yeah, he's just describing a handsome Yeah, gentleman. sorry. You don't have to be redundant. He's <laughs> running downstairs. He basically, he, basically, he basically looked like Renegade's beach cousin. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. who comes on for an episode because Renegade goes to Venice right <laughs> and my dad comes running downstairs and he assesses the situation and says his hilarious catchphrase god damn it Will <laughs> we tormented him endlessly he would turn his back and we'd be like god damn it Will uh, he did not take very kindly to that. but they were really patient with us they were they, they, they were very they, they were very cool they let us uh, they let us hang out there and, they were very and, cool because what you have to understand about will is, that i'm sure that you know is that you know will was a was a famous teen actor and so there were responsibilities that came along with that and he rejected the entire institution like his mother would hand him a list of interviews that he was supposed to do for uh, like tiger beat and teen beat and <laughs> Tiger Teen and Beat Teen and Tiger's Tail or whatever. And don't forget Teen Beater. And Teen Beater. <laughs> that, that one you would have done. Yeah. But you the rest only, of them... You can only buy it in Holland. You remember? <laughs> and oh, even... that's too far. Okay. And even then, they're getting it from Indonesia. So Will would go through this list of all these teen magazines and his poor mom and just be like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, done. Like... <laughs> But the thing is that I felt so uncomfortable with that kind of attention. I remember. And it was so weird, and it just felt fake. And, and I just wanted to, be, I wanted to be an actor and a guy who throws butter onto the ceiling. Yep, that's all. Which today means you have a reality show. Yep, that's but, it. <laughs> but, back, but back then, yeah. uh, it was so weird to me to have that, all of that like, t- attention that I didn't want. And uh, I remember it was so important to my mom that... like because it was an important part of the career right. to do all that publicity and all of that stuff and I just didn't want to do it it just felt weird to me well you know some people would have been very thankful to have a fan club called willpower is all I'm saying yeah, that's true <clears throat> but uh, but he really did rege- it was so interesting to watch because we had a- when we were 18 we had annual passes to Disneyland I mean I still have an annual pass to Disneyland but we I let mine expire you let yours expire yeah yeah, yeah. I- it's a lot of the magic is gone for me well they changed out there was at the time we were going, they still hadn't like tried to refresh the park at all. Yeah, it was so every kind of like it was it was a little bit of a. Time you still machine. had the people mover with the yeah. Tron grid and um, Space Mountain was was like they didn't put the music in your ears and make it all weird. It was a ride, not a commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Johnny Depp wasn't in the Pirates ride. No, I mean unless he was on the boat with you, and then then it was awesome <laughs> because you were like that guy's on Jump Street. Jump Street. <laughs> 
I love that show. <laughs> I think he'd make a great Wonka. No one ever said that. Yeah, no one. That was weird. No one ever advanced yeah, that theory. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, of course, and, and it was a great place to hang out that, that one summer that we did it because, you know, we'd drive down right after traffic at like 7 o'clock. Park yeah. was open until 10 or 11 or something. And, but because Will was who he was, just an, an onslaught, like girls would run up, ah! and then just because he would get uncomfortable, he would scream back in their face, ah! Because I was a nerd, you know? Like, if any of you here or any of you listening are or were nerds, you know how we react to stuff. Yeah. It's in, like, the most inappropriate way possible. Right. Right? Uh, like, that's just our defense mechanism. We're like, it's like those animals that, like, it's like a, like a puffer fish. Right. You know? Like, like uh, I, well, I look like a little thing that you could squash, but now I'm going to make myself look like this crazy weird thing that yep. you're going to, I hope to God, run away from. Right. And, and they did. And they did. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> But it was a it was a really it was a really interesting time and uh, <laughs> you we our friend Dave Parker uh, and us we all went to our first strip club together. We did. It was the the Jet Strip. Was that what it was called? Yeah, I don't know if it's still there. It was like it's down by the airport. You know that live. You know that, <laughs> that so you yeah, know it's good. Was that just you like a was that just like a theme with their pubic hair? Like everyone. <laughs> Yeah, they landing had, strip or did for they everyone. Dr- or did they dress like planes and then take off the propellers? Or was everyone... There this was, was a guy with just... Yeah, he yeah. was just direct <laughs> with the... This was in the early 90s. The, the landing strip wasn't going on uh, yet. It was, we were still... It was still a, still a would, triangle. Would, would Tiffany be delayed? Yes. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. What? That, that's what really? happened. That's what happened. We, we, we go into this place in the and, middle and we of the went in during And we went, in, uh, on, uh, went to the day shift. Yeah. Which is when the, like, that's when the really hot girls Two o'clock work, in the know? afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. Like, that's, that's when you go in. I don't I care mean, what you say, man. It's only eight bucks for a steak. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, it was very important because at this point, none of us had really had a lot of experience seeing vagina in person. Yeah, like the internet didn't even exist back then. No, and so you couldn't, you know, you kids today can see pussies whenever you want. Back then you had to hunt them down. We had to hide our playboys and be afraid of getting caught. Yeah, so we, so we go to this place at like two in the afternoon. Uh, we were sitting on the front of the stage. And uh, out comes this stripper, the lovely cinnamon, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, the lovely cinnamon. The lovely cinnamon. And she bends over and makes her vagina bark in our faces in, a, in sort of a... God bless her. That's a skilled girl. That's hard to do, apparently. But then she turns around and looks at Will and goes, Oh, my God, stand by me. And Will just goes, Oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't remember if we stayed. I think, did we stay after that? Not very much longer, I don't think. I think we left. I, I think we left, and there were some hobos in the parking there, there lot. Were, no, no, they were the next shift. Yeah, right. <laughs> did, uh, how, was, how was making Stand By Me? Was it a fun, was it fun experience? It really was. Um, I just did a, uh, I, I sat down with, with Rob and Corey and talked about the entire movie and the entire making of the movie. And, um, Rob Reiner and Corey Feldman? Yeah. And, uh, no, uh, 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 never mind. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> the only other Corey I could think of was Corey Heyman. He's dead, and that's yeah. sad, so that's not good. Yeah, no. Uh, Corey from The Simpsons. Yep, there's right? that Corey, and, the Corey and, line. And Rob Schneider. Corey. Right. right. 
And, um, These and, are some uh, words that rhyme with Corey. Story. <laughs> allegory. Montessori. What's in the paper today? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was a really fun movie to work on. And um, we, it was a lot like going to, to summer camp, and, uh, ex- except that we were sort of working. Mm-hmm. And Rob, <clears throat> Rob always made me feel like I deserved to be there, even though I was just like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And... He did such a good job of casting kids who were very much like our characters that uh, uh, we really just had to say the lines and kind of not get in our own way. Yeah. And if we strayed a little bit, he would sort of nudge us back in the right direction. And he took just he took really good care of all of us. And uh, and it was it was a really fun experience working on that movie. Uh, we lived in Eugene, Oregon, mm-hmm. and we filmed a lot of it in Brownsville, which is a little town that you can still go to if you go to one of their visitor centers. They have a map of like here you can go to locations of Stand By Me. Oh, that's so awesome. a few years ago, Anne and I took the kids on a, a road trip up to visit her family in Oregon, and uh, I made them go to Brownsville. Uh, <laughs> so imagine like uh, you know you're uh, come on kids, we're going to look at vacation slides. <laughs> come on kids, we're going to go to a town. <laughs> that's that's 25 minutes off the highway that we've been on for eight hours already, and uh, you're gonna watch me have a nostalgia quake. <laughs> and, and and we walked. Daddy around. was in a movie, kids. <laughs> what's uh, put down your Game Boy? What's Chopper really like? A uh, method actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had to have a like kind of like a ball fluffer. Uh, so there was just we actually got this guy who had really big he had a medical condition huge distended balls uh-huh. and he would just sort of run oh, around H- out, HDB yeah and yeah. sort of run around outside <laughs> of uh, uh, in fact I think it was Griffin Dunn was would, would, run, would run around back and forth in front of his cage to get him worked up and then he would run after me um, but uh, he was a consummate professional and uh, and it was really it was really sad when uh, when he he finally uh, he finally overdosed on yep. uh, on things that dogs overdose on I'm sh- <laughs> chocolate onions <laughs> chocolate uh, but we uh, we had it was really important to all all of the adults that that we did kids stuff yeah when we were up there so there was a mall in Eugene and it had uh, indoor uh, water slide and like you know those tube water slide things so uh, they were called hydro tubes and there were like four of them and you could buy a wristband for a half an hour or whatever and just like go upstairs and ride down the thing and go upstairs and ride down the thing and, and that was really really fun so uh, that day the day that we shot. Uh, in the swamp with the leeches, we were like, we're going to the hydro tubes after work because it's going to be fun. So we go there, and the uh, the leeches during that scene kept falling off of our bodies. Mm-hmm. So they used this like uh, contact cement stuff to make them stick to our bodies, and then they mixed it with like some makeup and things like that. And we were just like so ready to go to the hydro tubes that we didn't take our makeup off before we went there. So we go up, and we're like, you know, we have our towels and stuff, and we're like, yay, we're ready to go. We've been listening to Wham! the whole way here, and like we're we're excited to jump in the tube. And uh, and, like the lady in the thing looks at us, and she's like, y'all have leprosy, you can't come in. (laughs) Like like just so matter-of-factly. Yeah. Ah, we got some leper kids. Yeah, and we're like, no, we're actors, it's it's fake, and she's like, "What's well, gonna make everybody very uncomfortable? You can't come in. You have you have to." No, leave. this is the famous scene from Stand By Me. Damn it, it's not out <laughs> yet. <laughs> Fuck, you don't know that yet. Yeah, but your kids are gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs>
Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't read the letter that Chris wrote as Doc Brown to Marty, you really have to go to his website and find it. Um, I don't remember how it happened, but we were trading emails, Mm -hmm. and you signed off an email like yours in time, Dr. Emmett Doc Brown. Emmett Emmett Doc Brown. And then I made some ridiculous Marty McFly response to that. And uh, then Chris sent me this huge rant about what an asshole Marty was for not coming back in time to save him. And, uh, and it's, it's so funny. And he's like, you had a fucking time machine. You couldn't have said it five minutes earlier um, or come back a day ahead. Or I forget exactly what it was, but it's super, super funny. And uh, I was like, dude, you got to put that on your blog. And, and I did. did. And, and at the time, it was, you know, it was one of the most popular things that I ever had put on the blog was uh, an open letter from Doc Brown to Marty McFly. Like, it's oh super funny. I could read it. Nah, it's, that's too long. Um, <laughs> all right. That's but all right. They have the internet, so they can I don't understand. Find it so they call people on the phone? Yep. I'm still trapped in time. Yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but it was funny because, you know, be, like the leeches is a perfect example because people, I remember, would always come up to you and if they weren't, if they weren't shouting at you about Star Trek, it was leeches! Right. Or train. I remember one train, time. Yeah. One time we were at a '50s diner. It was like Mel's Diner or something in Pasadena, and you could. Yeah, pl- what was that? It was prob- that was uh, the Rose City. Diner. The Rose City Diner. Rose City diner. diner on on is it was that on Raymond? On Fair Oaks. Fair Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. On well Fair done. Oaks and Green Street. You win a thing. Uh, she, she, she wins going home with me because that's my wife oh <laughs> that's awesome you, you win our fuck the guest contest <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You, you, you win our that's your wife you win our legally bound to fuck the guest contest good thing good honey thing I put wife. a snake in a terrarium next to the bed <laughs> it's going to be a great night we are going to fuck this snake so far out of that terrarium uh, so uh, we were at this 50s diner, and they had the little jukeboxes at the table, and it was five cents to play a song. And of oh, course, this was you and James did this. Yes, my friend James, oh, and we, we found the uh, Stand By Me was on there. <laughs> and uh, so for 50 cents, <laughs> it just, it would just kept going. It would end. And so like the first time it played, Will's like, oh, fuck you guys. Come on, man. <laughs> And like people are looking around, and then and then it just sort of ends, and then all of a sudden there's a pause, and you hear, and he sees he gets, there's a little bit of relief, and then you hear, doom, 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 and he's like, what the fuck? Like after like the sixth time, I think we ended up leaving. Yeah, we did. We just left, and it was still playing as it we left. Still, might song- still be playing to this day. <laughs> that song follows me around, man. Like I hear it everywhere. Because it's about me. It's not that it's a great song that people. It's all about you. To. It's all about me. But and not just that version. But like, uh, uh, there are lots of cover versions. And and uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, It'd be really bad, funny bad if you religion. were psychotic and just every song you heard. That's I just what heard you heard. That, You're like, yeah. I can't believe Lady Gaga covered "Stand By Me." You're like, that's Poker Face, dude. That's not. Stand by me. Stand by me. Yeah, it. Uh, I hear it everywhere all the time. And the video that we that they made us do is on YouTube. And uh, if you want to just see like how not coordinated I am, because they were because they were like, look, all you have to do is sort of shuffle this way and snap your fingers, and shuffle this way and clap your hands. And I was like, cannot do it. <laughs> I can roll funny dice. That's a that I'm really good at that. 
I can I, roll for initiative, or right. I can I can get a, I a can damage. design a dungeon on some graph paper in a matter of minutes and populate it with appropriate monsters for whatever level you choose. But I cannot dance. That's how I talked when I was a kid. I had a lot of speech therapy. I and vocal cord scrapings. When you <laughs> did I? I don't know if I ever saw. What was the curse? The curse was the worst movie I ever made. And, but, but you were like tiny, tiny kid, right? Uh, it was right after Stand By Me. Uh, the, but was uh, it in between Buddy System and Stand no, By no, Me? No, 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 no. It was between Stand By Me and Star Trek. Okay. Uh, uh, they, uh, they backed a dump truck full of money up to our house, more money than we'd ever seen in our lives. Yeah, that's the noise it made. That's, that is exactly the noise it made. And they were just like, can we just put this on the driveway? And I was like, well, I guess it's not a windy day. Uh, and, and then uh, and, and it, was, it, was, it was pitched to me as like a sci-fi movie, and they turned it into just like a really shitty exploitive horror movie, and it was awful. And I, I think it really, it really stalled my acting career. In addition to being an absolutely miserable, awful, like uh, painful, suffering experience to work on, because yeah. we filmed it in Italy, they didn't respect labor laws, they didn't respect SAG. We were so uh, like we were just so inexperienced at that time that they t- totally took advantage of me and my family, uh, and uh, and it was just awful. And uh, everybody has to suck my dick to come into country. Eh? Yeah, it's like wait a minute, I don't You're think not the suck my dick guy. I already did that. <laughs> oh no, I am a, his assistant. You suck both our dicks today. <laughs> Again? Yes. You want the stamp on the passport? I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. I can make your life really hard. Um, so yeah, speaking of really hard, um, and then and you know, and then I, I I came back and at that time, so I went off and did the curse and River went and did like Mosquito Coast and Running on Empty and and did really good movies that really made him a legitimate actor in the eyes of the entertainment industry. And, and I had gone and done this great breakout movie and then followed it up with a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And it took years to kind of like take the career airplane and pull it out of that, you know, so uh, the, nosedive. So the meta effect of the curse was the curse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little, little, I, wish, I wish that I had done like the have a career. Like that would have been a great movie. So <laughs> what, uh, what are some other movies back then that you, that you really wanted that you got close on that were like ended up just being huge? Christmas Story? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually saw. I knew Peter Billingsley when, when we were kids. Yeah, and, and I, I saw him in the uh, in the waiting room, and I was like, "That's the kid. That's the guy." And I was like nine. I'm like, "That's the guy." Did you I don't do, know. Did you do that at the? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Did you, do that, did you do that at the Dirt Bike Kid audition too? Did you go. Nope. That's the guy. Yeah, Dirt Bike Kid. Yeah. Anyone know? Yeah. Anyone ever seen the Dirt Bike Kid? Yeah. Someone has. Wow. It's a magical dirt bike, and it's Peter Billingsley. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, they'll, now yeah. they'll find it. So watch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really wanted Monster Squad. Oh, Wolfman's Wolf got, got Nards. Kick him in the Nards. Yeah, really Kick him in the I really, really, really wanted Goonies. Yeah, of course. Uh, because it just sounded like you were you're doing a movie in an, in an amusement park. Yeah, like yeah. that sounded rad. Um, and I was cast in a movie called Valmont mm-hmm. that Milos Forman directed, and uh, uh, the producers of Star Trek would not let me out of my contract for one episode to go and work on the movie. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, they actually kind of changed the production schedule around uh, to, like, I was not going to be in the first episode that they were taping uh, at the end of high, you know, at the beginning of yeah. the season. So I would have gone and worked in that movie, and I would have played the Dauphin, and, like, it was, it was great. Like, I, I went to New York, and I, was, I, I auditioned for Milos Forman, uh, and uh, he uh, was like, um, all right, here's what you're going to do so that, you know, like, I 
want you to be in my movie and the, the studio doesn't, uh, but uh, here's how you're going to do it. And he like directed me. So I got to sit and have like an acting workshop with him. It was amazing. Whoa. And I was really young at the time. I was only like 14 or 15, but I, I knew enough to know that it was like it was a gift to go mm-hmm. and do that, and uh, we came back and they uh, they the the they said, oh listen, we've changed the the production schedule now, and uh, you're actually in the first episode and you're under contract, so you can't do the movie, and uh, we had to pass on the movie, and then they wrote me out of the episode right before production began, oh. and it was it was a really fucking shitty thing to do, and uh, that actually more than anything else is why I wanted to get out of the contract to be a regular on Star Trek Mm -hmm. because I loved the cast and I loved the show um, and I, you know, I I was a nerd. It was like awesome to do that, right? But um, uh, I just felt like that was such a terror. You don't do that to somebody right. when when you're like partners working on a thing. You do that to somebody where you're like, "Hey, and guess what? I own you now." Right. And uh, and it was it was it was so horrible that that was sort of like the beginning of the end for me. Yeah, and then because I remember uh, after that you were like, "Yeah, they basically just had me come in and say I I captain, and then I fucking sit in my trailer." Yeah, I was really mad, and I was like, I became very bitter about the whole thing, and like for like maybe the last most of the last season that I was on there, I was just. I couldn't let it go. Yeah. You know? But I was young and... Angry and, teen. And, and young, angry teen, yeah. They made but, you a full ensign. Yeah, that was, that was, that was great. <laughs> they threw uh, that into, like, into the contract, like, that's good for go. him. Uh, this go. actually... And we'll make you a full ensign. You know, this, yeah. this, Stick this around. Is, so this can is, I get more money? No. No, you'll be... Uh, okay. you'll, you'll get a fake rank. So you think you're doing a bit. You're actually recreating an a- actual negotiation conversation. <laughs> so the, uh, s- somewhere around like season three, I think, uh, we're all renegotiating. And uh, so the, the, my agent goes to, to the producers and is like, so, you know, we want, you know, we want to raise because this, this show is immensely popular, blah, 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 blah. And they go, well, listen, there will be no money. But we are willing to promote Will's character to lieutenant. <laughs> so when my agent calls me and says, so this is what, this is what they said, like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? And I said, will you remind them that it's a television show and the ranks aren't you real? You don't understand. Lieutenant costs thousands of space dollars. <laughs> So I was like, and then I got mad and I was like, like what am I going to do? Hey, uh, car dealership. Listen, I would really like to buy this car and I can't, but I'm a lieutenant now. <laughs> so come over to the spaceship with me and we'll like go to 10 forward and we'll put it on my officer's tab. <laughs> that would have pissed Worf off. <laughs> he never would have stood for that. I'm only a lieutenant. They're just giving out lieutenants to anyone these days. <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, when I met Chris, um, he, Chris had been in a really bad car accident, and uh, oh, he had yes. gone through the front windshield of a car because uh, the guy behind him didn't have his seatbelt on. So wear your fucking seatbelts, even if you're in the back. You're seat, in the back seat. Your body people. can propel the person yeah, in front of you yeah. into the windshield. Yeah, it turns out that's called physics. Yep, that's um, how it works. Momentum, and, <laughs> distribution of force. And uh, so so Chris's head F equals uh, ma. Yeah, right through the windshield and for gosh like maybe the first couple of years that I knew you yeah. pieces of glass were coming out of Chris's head yeah. all the yeah, time yeah I, I had all these scars like on my forehead little, just little pieces would come out of his head and but uh, then I got rid of those scars when I made a pact with three other teen witches like in the craft yeah 
And it looks great, by the way. Thank you very much. So um, I played hockey in, uh, in, in high school, and I was goalie, and uh, <laughs> I, I, got, uh, I got hit in the head with a slap shot. But the, what's important to tell is that uh, because my forehead was so carved up, uh, Will would come over sometimes and be like, What's up, Worf? <laughs> so, uh, so I got hit in the face and it broke my helmet and uh, it, it uh, cracked open my, my skin. The way my doctor described it was like, if you were to take like, grab an orange and just pull on that orange as hard as you can until the skin just pops, mm-hmm. that's what happened to your, to your forehead. Yep. Uh, so I had 36 stitches in my head and a whole bunch and it was awesome. Like I had a big, super badass Frankenstein scar that my mom made me get plastic surgery on to get rid of because she's like, it's bad for your career. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to be a tough guy. And she's like, you're not a tough guy, Will. You're never going to be a tough guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, well, not without down, a I'm scar. pushing you down now and I'm a grown woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, stop it, mom. <laughs> uh, and uh, so um, I'm, I'm convalescing at home and the phone rings and by this time in the world we had this thing called caller ID which was very expensive and uh, thousands of and dollars a month <laughs> yeah extra. it was really it was, it was incredible technology let you know you, you could know who was on the phone before you picked it up really? yes yeah, so you could decide all the guesswork. so you could decide if you're going to talk to them or let them talk to your answering machine what? wait yeah. there's a machine that answers your phone just, like yeah. a robot? yeah you put, put a tape in it whatever and, future boy yeah, and you can have actually recordings of celebrities on that so they'll think that like James Coco's at your house. <laughs> well, I would put something on like, I'm glad you called, but I'm not home, and I'll be back before too long. So, so I pick up the phone, because I can see it's Chris, and I'm like, hey, man. And Chris goes, ha! Who's fucking Lieutenant Worf now? Oh, it was so satisfying. We both had crazy <laughs> forehead scars at about the same time. Oh, it, was, oh, it was great. <sighs> That's the kind of friendship we've had. Yeah. I loved... Uh, what was the audition process like for Star Trek? Um, uh, there was like one general casting call with uh, the casting people, and then there was a callback where I went and, and read for Gene Roddenberry, and uh, I think Rick Berman was there, and uh, Bob Justman was there, and and I don't remember who else was was in the room, and I was like, that's the guy that made Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I totally just, I, I was like uh, uh, Fred Merkel. Um, and uh, go look that up, kids, and you'll be impressed with how clever I am. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I just, I, com- I completely, completely blew it. And uh, I, I walked out, and I, 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 I ran to a payphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I said to and my... And you changed into your super I, suit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and then I flew to my agent's uh, <laughs> office, and I was like, I totally blew it. Try real hard to get me a call back in. And apparently they had called, and they were like, he was just, it was weird. Something was off with him. Like, bring him back, you know, give him another shot. Mm-hmm. So I went back another time, and then I went and tested for the network. What was the audition and, scene? <sighs> it, was the, uh, it was the scene from, from Farpoint where uh, Riker's like... Um, <laughs> and then Wesley's like <laughs> running around excitedly jumping up and down bouncing yeah. on the walls yeah. in the holodeck uh, oh I don't know if the scene where like 
where Data lifts Wesley out of the water and Wesley goes, wow! I don't know if that was part of the scene. Gee willikers! It's, you're a robot! <laughs> um, so yes, it was just, it was just that. And, and you know, there wasn't a lot to go on. And I found out uh, uh, recently, like in the last 10 years, because I'm old enough now that 10 years can qualify as recently. Yeah. And I, uh, I was talking to David Gerald and David showed me a memo that he sent to Bob Justman that he wrote in 1987, uh, where he said, so listen, I don't think this Wesley Crusher character is a good idea. I think that it's going to alienate fans, and I think it's weird that we have this kid on the spaceship. So if Gene is set on having this character on the show, you need a young actor who can pull off what this character uh, demands mm-hmm. so, that it's, so, that it's not, you know, so that it's not terrible. And since Jackie Coogan is an adult now... yes. <laughs> Uh, you should you should look up Jackie Coogan, kids. You'll be impressed with how clever I am. Uh, then then he uh, he said so. I think you should see this kid this kid Will Wheaton. He was really good in Stand by Me, and the teeny boppers love him, and that'll bring in that audience to the show. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got the audition in the first place. Wow. And uh, yeah, and 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 David actually uh, 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 emailed me a copy of the memo that he still has. It's the oh, neatest thing. So it's nice. just like wow, that's a cool thing to have. And you got to be this nerd. I mean. You know, the potential for Wesley was so awesome. Like, because he was a nerdy kid. Like, yeah. You, you know, he, I, I think the great failing with, with, with the writing of Wesley Crusher was that the, the, the writers in Star Trek never let, never let him fuck up. Right. And uh, you never got to see him be uh, the, like, angsty kid that I was. Right. Because Wesley and I were in, like, totally the same situation. We were kids. You lived on a star cruiser? I did. And I almost got promoted to lieutenant. We could have had lunch. God damn it! Yeah, sorry. Um, we, we, were, we were both kids who spent all of our time with adults... And we could really relate to them professionally, yep. but not personally. Okay. And it created this thing where I was like, I want to hang out with you guys. I listened to Depeche Mode. And they were like, yeah, no. That's, <laughs> what is, that's, yeah, no. We listen, oh, to, we listen to music that sucks because we're old. <laughs> um, and uh, Except Frakes. Frakes was all about jazz. And Frakes was like, here, listen, here's, listen to Miles Davis. And I was like, I don't get it. I'm too young. Um, but it, it really made me feel weird, and it made me feel isolated. Did he say, how about and, now? And then he opened his shirt. Yeah, and I was like, well, I don't like the music anymore, but this whole situation just got a lot better. <laughs> yeah, grooving. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I spent uh, time with people my own age, and I always felt like I had one foot in each kind of like grown-up world and, and, and kid world. I and, totally felt the same and, way. And, and yeah, so, you know, it's weird. It was weird, I, I, but I do, I, I do remember that you were pretty, like the cast, like everyone seemed to... You, you seemed no, to, they were great. Like they, you, were, they were like a family to you me. You told him the awesome story once where you were shooting a scene and Patrick Stewart, when you were shooting the scene, said something like, Ensign Crusher. Oh, 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 I know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Wesley, <laughs> in old nautical days, ensigns performed certain favors for their captains. <laughs> <laughs> he's really disarming, you know. Did, uh, didn't it go so... on? Didn't it go on to something like as as blatant as he said, "Ensign Crusher, set a course for Rigel Four, and then come here and give me a blow." Yes, yes. 
<laughs> oh my God, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a, he is a gentle, gentle lover. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about is post Star Trek. Is wow, we've really I, I, this is great. How are we we're doing actually, on the list? We're doing pretty well, actually. Yeah? We're got we're about we're we're most of the way through a lot of the stuff I That's wanted good. to talk about. Um, Will and I had the distinct pleasure of so you were you were living with your parents uh, in your parents' house at the time. You yeah. and and Jeremy and and your sister Amy and and uh, and you were seventeen, eighteen years old, and uh, but. Unlike, you know, like you had money, so you could, you, ultimately you could have lived wherever you wanted. Right. But I said, hey, my roommate uh, is, is going to Japan, and I need a roommate. You know, do you want to come live? I was going to UCLA at the time. Do you want to come live in Westwood with me? And you, for some reason, you were like, yes, you came and we lived in this crappy loft oh, apartment. Oh, rad. You could have lived anywhere. And we lived in this shitty Swiss chalet. Oh, it was great though. That place on Veteran was yes, awesome. Yes, that was a that was we experienced the uh, a couple of big earthquakes there. Huge. We had the earthquakes there. We had the riots there. <laughs> Remember when the big earthquake that that woke us both up? And like I was up in the loft, and you were downstairs. Yeah, we weren't the, spooning the, or anything. If that's you were, what you were, you were worried about. And you were down. You were downstairs on the futon, and we both met at the foot of the stairs, hopping to put our pants on. And then like the earthquake is over, and you looked at me, and you're like, "Why do we put our pants on when there's an earthquake? Like <laughs> like that's there's an earthquake happening. Quick, put on your pants. I better put on my earthquake." Earthquake clothes. My best earthquake tie. <laughs> Keep a bag of earthquake clothes next to the bed. <laughs> Always. You That's never what they know, say, right? Yeah. It's yeah, right. And the riots, too. We had the I riots. I had to go to traffic school the day of the riots. And the traffic school was on Santa Monica Boulevard at the 101. Yep. <clears throat> so then I drove back to Westwood on the 101, just these like towers of flame and people, well, having a riot. Yeah. And, 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 not, and not the good, not like, the laugh not, riot. Not, 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 yeah, and not the good, like, the, we just the no won, justice, no not, peace not, riot. Yeah, not the kind of like, yay, we won a contest riot. Right. But like, you know, the, like, we're angry at you um, yep. and people who look like you yep. riot. Yep. So, so <laughs> like, like it's, it's a bad kind of riot to be in. Um, when when you're like a white guy and uh, in kind and, of a nice car, in kind of a nice car, right? So so I'm like driving home and it's the longest drive of my life and I get home and I open the door and Chris is like, "Thank God you're alive!" <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were dead out there. And then we uh, and then we went up to my girlfriend at the time. We went up to her house and and uh, and and watched L.A. burn down from yep. uh, from her backyard. Yep. God, that was weird. But the, but that was such an interesting time. <laughs> <You and, laughs> I remember when you broke up with that. When you broke up with her, no, different girl. Different well, that girl. was a different girl. Different girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to do this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll. I dated I dated a girl, one of my first girlfriends, and it just we were both we were both too young, we were both too immature, and very volatile relationship. Yeah, and like if I had had any experience at all dating instead of being on a television show, I would have like figured out after like four or five dates, like eh, no. But I was like, well, we're in a relationship, and we got to make the relationship work. Basically, uh, no, you don't, kids. Listen, just just don't. The relationship basically pulled a predator and tried to make a trophy out of Will's soul. <laughs> That's, that is a really good way of describing yeah. it. And so, for the longest time, first of all, you couldn't even mention her name. Right. And if you did, 
We, we, and we started, he did it enough times that we started doing it as uh, a chant in unison. You would, you would, because you wanted to make it happen, you would right. say her name. Right. And then this would come out. Don't, don't get, get me started. started. Don't, don't get, get me started. started. Don't get me started. Fucking bitch, I hate her. <laughs> that was our war cry. That was our war cry. So this did was they, the, did they know group. about, oh, sorry, no, I didn't no. want to stop your story. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go Do ahead. they know about when I got my wisdom teeth out? No, no, I don't think they know. I think listeners to your podcast need, really need to know this story. I feel, Do you guys I, know about the, I, Let me tell you something about Chris Hardwick. I, I, still, feel very, I still feel very bad about no, this. Well, uh, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about it. I'm over it. Okay. Um, I had my wisdom teeth out uh, when we lived in the place on Veteran. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents were like, come home and get better at home. And I was like, no, guys, I'm a grown-up now. I'm going to go to my apartment. All, it was all four teeth, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and so I, uh, so I go back to the, to the place on Veteran and... I'm uh, laying down on the futon uh, watching uh, 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 The Great Escape on Laserdisc. Mm-hmm. The Criterion Collection. The Criterion Collection, which is, gr- which is great. And um, uh, Laserdiscs is like if a compact disc and a record had a baby. Yep. That's what a Laserdisc is. So just get that in your head. Mm-hmm. Ask, a, ask your parents what a record is. <laughs> and it was is. somehow less convenient to use. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm laying on the, ca- on the futon watching this thing. And uh, Chris explodes into our apartment with two of his friends. And they are as drunk as I've ever seen people in my life. And yeah. I'm an actor. <laughs> we had gone uh, to uh, we had gone down to there was a place called Los Panchos in Westwood Village. Right. They had a happy hour every day, dollar beers and uh and they set out free food. So if you were broke, which I was, you could eat food for like 5 bucks you could get tanked and eat a bunch of food. So they come into the apartment and and it's just like it's like three Tasmanian devils come in come into the apartment and Chris comes over and the thing is like um, uh, back when back when Chris was still drinking uh, Chris was one of those drunk guys that loved people and loved stuff yeah and was just like a like 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 and 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 was uh, was even funnier uh, than he is uh, baseline and look Chris, I'm not funny anymore because I don't drink I get it okay <laughs> I know your music was better before you quit heroin too um, and Chris Chris comes up Chris comes up I'm on the futon Chris comes up and he grabs me by my face I didn't and know. He, and, he, and he gets right down in my face and he goes, I love this guy! Will's eyes shot open and a, a- tear... Actu- actually came out of my head <laughs> like at the end of Total Recall. And <laughs> silent scream. And it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that scream actually is still echoing. They can't, they can't rent that apartment. No. Because people walk in and they're like, did someone die in here? It's like how voices get trapped in the radio sphere yeah. and then you can hear old yeah. stuff. Yeah, that, that voice is actually on its way to Alpha Ceti, uh, to Centauri Taurus. Yeah, right it's now. going, it's, they, yeah. they actually put it on. That's a the, real star, not one I made up. They, and, they, of course it is, Ensign Crusher. And, and <laughs> you wouldn't talk to me like that if I was a lieutenant. And, and, uh, uh, and Chris just sort of backs away as all the color drains out of his face. And he sobers up long enough to go like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "I'm having a Yep. This didn't make any of them leave. No. They continued <laughs> to stay in the apartment. And the last thing I remember before I finally just like grabbed a handful of pills was Chris peeing out our window. Yep. <laughs> That's absolutely true. 
Absolutely true. Why take 30 steps to the bathroom? Why would you do that? The window's right there. Hey, you know what? I don't know what... Where did people pee before there were bathrooms? Right out (laughs) Out of windows. Bathroom is actually from the Latin bat, which means window. Yeah. And And rue... Which means everywhere. And I didn't know I didn't know what P looked like going down two stories. Yeah, and you gotta find out that stuff. I'm glad you brought up Bat because one of our young obsessions was with the Bat Child. Oh my god, the Bat Child. We tracked the saga of the Bat Child. He's in three feet re- tall in, and very, very dangerous. dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> and we tracked Weekly the Bat- World News Bat Weekly we, World, yeah. It was, but we we had would go to the supermarket and buy it, yep. and then we would put it on our coffee table. Like, we had multiple issues of the Weekly World News, <laughs> but we were like, but we wouldn't read just any fucking Weekly World News. No. It was the one about the Bat Child. And then, you, like, of course, you're buying the Bat Child, and you're saying to the, you're saying to the clerk, like, you guys, I mean, do you, do you have any protection here? I mean, do you know yeah. what this guy is capable of? He's, he's, okay, he, he escaped. Yeah. And is, was last seen. And I know it says Virginia, but he could probably fly and they're get here. They're faster than we are. They're, they're much faster he's than we are. He's just a kid, guys. He's scared. <laughs> that's, that's how he lulls you into a false sense of letting him come up and killing you. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. But what, was, what was, but what was so great about that time in our lives is, is because we were at about the age, you know, 18, 19 years old, was when we started really uh, finding things that would define our comedic voices yeah. later on. Like, you know, Will and I, every day, would watch the old British Whose Line Is It Anyway. We discovered Ren and Stimpy together. We discovered Mystery Science, Mystery Theater, Science Theater together. We would have uh, MST3K parties. Yeah. And at the time, you could only watch Mystery Science Theater once a week. It was on Friday nights from... 10 to midnight or midnight to 2, I can't remember, it was on Comedy Central. And so, you know, we would have these mystery science theater parties, and it was a really... And we would go down to Dave Parker's to watch The Simpsons on Thursday nights. Yep. And that was, those things were, they are load-bearing pillars in, in, the, <laughs> in, in the, like, uh, the, the, the building that is our comedic sensibility. Yeah, and we got to experience all that stuff together, and it was, and then, you know, then all... After a little while, we, we moved. First of all, we moved from the Swiss chalet into a snazzier apartment. It was that, super snazzy. It had first. I of couldn't all, afford. I had no business trying to keep up with your financials, uh, with well, my car parking job. <laughs> <laughs> i I couldn't park a I couldn't park a Galaxy class Star Cruiser. I could only park cars. Yeah, it's uh, a Starship. It's not a Star Cruiser. Chris. You're right. No, you're right. I, sorry. Thank you for saving <laughs> me that unpleasantness. Sorry, sorry. No, you're right, Matthew. Will would get 70 tweets. You're right. <laughs> Times a million. Um, <laughs> but uh, we lived in a snazzy apartment, and Will bought all the snazzy furniture. and At Ikea? At a, at, actually, it was a place called Store. Was it still Store? Yep, then? Store. I built a bookcase yesterday uh, to put into my new office, and uh, I got the bookcase at Cost Plus, yep. and uh, I actually said, I bought some other furniture from my office from Crate and Barrel, and I said to the guy, I was like, well, what about this? This is a nice bookcase. You just have to do a little assembly, and I actually said, I'm too old to be assembling furniture, <laughs> and, then, an and, then, and then I couldn't find one that I liked, so I went to Cost Plus, and I was like, that's a nice bookcase. I'm going to buy that, and I, it was one that I had to assemble. Ugh. I assembled it in fucking record time with no mistake. Mistakes, glancing at the pictograms that seriously look like hieroglyphics on the thing and I realized that when we were in college I put so many skill ranks into Allen wrench bonuses uh-huh. that like I am I am a furniture assembly ninja <laughs> I love I love the pictogram analogy there's like the hieroglyphics like well first we need to put tab A into slot B and then we need to honor Ra right <laughs> 
Make sure that the two holes with Anubis are face down. <laughs> do not mistake these for the two holes that are just a jackal. How do we keep building a pyramid? Uh, <laughs> uh, is that a sarcophagus? That's a couch. Uh, but so we but it's called Konlishmiknambaka. Yes. It's the K-H. It's that sound. But we, so we live together, and then Will, in classic nerd fashion... I mean, the thing that people need to understand about you, and I think, you know, as nerdy as I feel like I am, you way out-nerd me. I mean, you... you yeah, you were cool for a while. And not in, like, a cool kid way, in, like, a, wow, Chris was cool kind of way. Like, when you started doing comedy, uh, and you were in the comedy club at UCLA, I was at Chris's very first ever stand-up comedy show uh, ever at Sprow. I remember it. How and was it? It was really, really funny. Yeah. And I was... <laughs> the, the only joke that I remember was something about how K-Lite, actually, if you said the letters right, was clit. Oh, there was a radio and, station <laughs> in Los Angeles called K-L-I-T. Right. K-Lite, yeah. And that, and that it was appropriate for love songs, but nobody could ever find it or something yeah. like that. It was really, really... Like, when you're 20, you're like, oh my God, he's saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> and then that, and I, Furman I, I think, was, I think, it, was I think it went somewhere else like... It was that, like that the person who ran the station was a giant disembodied clitoris. Right. Like, we must play adult soft rock. <laughs> uh, and Furman did stuff there too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I was still ultra nerdy through all that. I, I, was, uh, I was editing videos on my video toaster. The, you had the video toaster, which yeah. the video toaster was a, was a, a much more uh, compact Just, video editing system. Yeah, yeah, so imagine Final Cut Pro. Except it's uh, it takes two entire computers to run it, three monitors, and you yep. have to get this thing called a time-based corrector to connect a video to it to make it work. That was super duper state of the art, and and uh, replaced like close to a hundred thousand dollars worth of high-end studio equipment. You uh, could for store about, up to two megabytes of information. Yeah, and the install was only thirty-seven floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> So Will, I mean, you know, Will is always ahead of the curve on every every nerd thing. I remember seeing you when you used to do uh, when you used to do comedy shows at Acme, and you were doing the J. Keith Van Stratton show for a while, like in two thousand one or two thousand two. Uh, you said, uh, "Yeah, I'm doing this thing called uh, blogging," and I'm like, "What?" You're like weblogging. It's like a weblog. It's like a diary, and a lot of people read it. I don't know. It's just something I do. And uh, and so you were you were the first blogger I ever met. You might have been the first blogger. I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> but I don't think I was. I think Doug Searles was doing it longer than so, me. So so at this point in our lives, Will decides I hate the entertainment business. Fuck everything. He'd become friends with the video toaster people because of course they were Star Trek nerds. Yeah. Well, they this gave is you back. A, this is before, and this is in about '93. Right. They gave him a unit, a video toaster unit that he had in the apartment. Will had just come out of his I'm going to be a DJ phase. Uh, I mean, Dude, the thing, the thing I was is, a good DJ. The thing Shut <laughs> up! I was an awesome DJ. I'm good at things that start with D. DJ, DM, yep. like DMX impression is balling. <laughs> really, up in here, up in here, up in everywhere. Okay, that doesn't sound like DMX. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it right now. I'd like to talk to DMX for <laughs> a minute. Fools, I ain't gonna waste DMX on your sorry white ass. Where did Will go? <laughs> Uh, so, 
Yeah, Will had just come out of it. I mean, the thing about thing about a, a, a guy who was very creative and had a lot of creative energy but also had a lot of money was that Will could go out and buy like an insane DJ setup and crates of albums and spin records uh, in the apartment. But that's the thing. Like, everybody else that was like, – like, I never did drugs. No. And uh, like, we went to raves because it was fun but never did drugs there. No. Like, that was like we – were, we, were, we weren't fuck-ups. No. You know, we, we were just – we were nerds and and like I was a nerd with money, so I was like, I want to have fun computers and I want to have you know I I think it'd be fun to learn how to do this thing. Yeah, and and that was um, you know rather than than like spending all my money on heroin and dying. Yeah, um, it was. I think I made a good choice. I think you did too. And I was a I was a consummate beer nerd. I nerded out over beer so it's much because of you and your friend. Uh, his name was Steve. He brought a Rogues Red Ale to the place on Veteran. And oh, I that was might like, have been Steve Callahan. And I was like, maybe it was Steve I, Callahan, now co-EP of Family Guy. What? Yeah, he was in the UCLA Comedy Club. He was my orientation counselor at UCLA. Glad he, glad he calls me all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, yeah, he brought that over, and I remember because I, I was like, beers for race cars and rednecks. Bring me another rum and coke. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we introduced <laughs> and, you and to and all sorts like, of crazy minute, brown on. ales and that, new, new that's castles. That's what beer tastes like. Yeah. And I've been struggling with it ever since. <laughs> I ruined you! Uh, but Will decided, I'm going to give up acting. I'm, gonna, I'm going to move to the video head, uh, uh, toaster headquarters in Kansas. In Topeka, Kansas. And he just abandoned, you abandoned your life for like a year and you moved to Kansas. For like, for like three years. Was it that long? Yeah. Took all the awesome furniture with him. I had to move out of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I had to move out of the apartment that where we had landlords with a a very sweet, mentally challenged grown up son who recognized Will and would knock on our door every day and you'd look through the people and you'd see him standing there and you'd open the door and he'd just look at you, whether or not it was me or him, and just go, Are you Will? Are you Will? We just both started saying yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that'd make him really happy and he'd go away. It made him happy, yeah. yeah. So uh uh and then you moved to Kansas. And I don't know what happened in that three years because we didn't really talk that much. What did you do? I worked in their marketing department. I went to like trade shows. And I was really excited about that. I was really excited by the idea of the video toaster. I was really, really excited by the idea of removing a major barrier to entry for creative people. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I had seen that the entertainment industry didn't necessarily reward good ideas. Um, uh, and I'm sure that's hard to believe if you turn on television today. Yep. But uh, it is so we, hard to keep up with the Kardashians. It's really hard. Uh, so I had uh, I I thought it was a great idea, and I I wanted to to sort of like uh, subvert the system, and we did that. But we were about five years ahead of being able to put it online. Mm-hmm. If we had done this. If YouTube had existed back then, we would be having this uh, conversation uh, on uh, on the top deck of my private yacht, uh, on my way to the other private yacht. <laughs> With all these people, too? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You private! Even... Private! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you guys wouldn't be here, that's for sure. <laughs> Nobody that's... would be... <laughs> I would have very fancy things, um, uh, but but it was it was a great time. And you and, would be you was, would you would be banging girls on your yacht, and then you get done, you'd be like, "Yo, you just got the crusher." That's right. I, I, you, would, I, you would say yo. And I would then, totally talk like that. I would, and I'd wear a sideways like a, a, a Louis Vuitton leather hat. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that would be my flavor. 
Yep. Right? I would like that's that's what I would do, right? And that's how people would know that I was rich, right? Yep. That's right. Um, but one of the things that was really important to me at that time, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, uh, I became aware when I was about 20 that I had been really angry for a number of years. And I felt like I had kind of lost who I was. I had struggled really hard to make it as an actor, and I hadn't. And um, I, 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 I didn't really know who I was, and I didn't really like myself. And I thought, look, I have an opportunity to leave everything I know and kind of start this other life in a totally different way, um, at a totally different level, and kind of work my way up. Because if this acting thing doesn't work out, I'm going to have to be able to do something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I still felt creative, and uh, I loved computers, and I felt like I had something to contribute to the company. So I left and went to do that, and Paul Montgomery was uh, the president of the company, and... Uh, Right, one of the last times I talked to Paul before he died, way too young, uh, he said, you know, I could tell when I offered you the job that you needed to grow and it wasn't going to happen if you were still in L.A. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I offered you this job was because I could see that it was going to help you. You know, I, you were either going to grow out of it and, 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 and go on to be, you know, um, closer to awesome or uh, it, would, it would defeat you and you would go back and you would suck. Mm -hmm. But you had to, like, you know, be in a place where, where you could experience that. And um, after a couple of years, uh, I felt like I had really worked out uh, a lot of, like, why I was so angry about things. And, and uh, uh, I had sort of gone and, and experienced that uh, the life that I had wasn't that bad. And um, I started to really miss being an actor. I missed performing. I remember having a conversation with you where you said that. You're like, ah, I, I really want to be doing that again. I felt like I wasn't doing the right thing. Like I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. And, uh, you know, there's this, uh, neurologically, there's this thing that creative people have. Uh, and, and it's sort of like, I joke that like we're broken. We have that thing that makes us do this stuff. Oh, yeah. I, th I think comics are the same way. It's a genetic defect. Right. Where you have to get up and make strangers like you. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's the same thing for actors. Like, I have, I have to tell stories. And, and if, I, if, if I don't have a good story to tell, I will make one up so that like I have a story to tell. Like about how a fat kid gets even with a bunch of people by throwing up on them? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, won't, I won't give it a satisfying ending. Uh, but, you know, fuck you. You got a story. Um, and, then, and then when I came back, I went, my agents were like, yay, you're back. Go out on auditions. And I said, you know, I can't do that. I, I have to go to drama school. I have to, I've gotten this far on instinct, and I feel like I need some technique. I feel like I need some training. And then I went to drama school for a couple of years. Wow. And, and uh, it's remarkable. I'm really lucky. I'm really, really, really lucky that I have any kind of career at all today because nobody can stop a career like I did and then come back unless you're somebody like Jodie Foster. Right. And I am not like Jodie Foster, you know? You like girls. I, well, yeah, but I mean, I am, I, am, I am aware of my limitations as, as an actor and, I, yeah. and I'm aware of what I can do and I'm aware of the opportunities that, that I will be given. There's roles that I know I could do really well in, but I'm not going to get them. Because I'm just not at the place where you need to be to get those roles. So I do the very best that I can in the roles that I am given. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it is 
it's really terrific that, well, that I can uh, that well, I can do these. I want to talk now. about this next phase really quickly, but I just first want to check with Jonah. Jonah Ray, you are running the Meltdown show tonight. Do you need to get over there? Well, this is awkward. No, I, I'm saying <laughs> I just don't. Do you have a better party to go to? Jonah, sure. Jonah runs a show. At, oh, uh, what is it? The Lieutenant's show? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you should have taken the deal. Fuck. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're, you're okay. I mean, we'll, if you need to leave, it's not, I don't want you to feel bad if you have to go run your show, is all I'm saying. Is and that, I can cut this part out. And then I'm just gone. Oh, no, this part's them. staying in. This part could stay <laughs> in. Kind of like how when you watch Inside the Actor's Studio with the Simpsons cast, and then half of them just disappear <laughs> yeah. halfway through, and yeah, no like, one says like, anything where, about it. Wait, where'd she go? What happened to, Ma- what happened to Julie Cameron? It's Kander? like when your brother gets in trouble, and it's awkward when your dad's It's not awkward. I just, yeah. I just want to make sure that you're, not, that you're not like, oh, shit, people are relying on me to run my show. They're fine. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to make sure everyone's cool and taken care of. Hey, everyone! I'm staying. Yay! That's the only reason I, I wanted to stay. For that moment. <laughs> to hear that you're no longer on this podcast. Oh. Oh. Okay, you're rehired. Yay! Yay. Um, you get fired every live podcast. <laughs> yeah. John Scalzi <laughs> said that his uh, his his old dog uh, uh, Cody um, loved his wife so much mm-hmm. that Chrissy could go outside. And she'd be gone for like five minutes and come back inside and Cody be like, oh my God, you're back, you're back, you're back. <laughs> and uh, he said that he had been off on a book tour for like, like three weeks. Chrissy had gone to the airport and had been uh, like, went to the airport to get, get John, brought John home. She was gone for like an hour. And the dog was like, oh good, John, you're back. Chrissy, oh my God, I thought you were out. And he said that the greatest day of that dog's life would be a day where Chrissy just walked in and out of the house all day long. <laughs> just all day. So it's like, you're fired, you're hired, oh you're fired, you're hired. <laughs> This is sort of like if you're a goldfish, where they have no short-term, they have no memory. Then you see like your friends died, and you have to experience it every time you swim around. (laughs) Oh my God, Tim! What happened? He was so young. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Tim! Somebody get the paramedics! Fuck Tim! I'll be right back, buddy. I'll be right back. (laughs) Why him? Why anyone? Ooh, food. Ooh. <laughs> food flakes. Can you imagine dead fish on one side and food on the other, the other side? Like the most bipolar fish in the world. Yay! Oh! Yay! God damn it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw up from eating so much and from feeling so sad. It's just, it recycles. He throws up the food. It comes out in flake form. He gets sad, eats it again. Throws it up again. It's that's just a, a that's like perfect ecosystem. It that really fish just is. has everything he needs. It is except happiness. <laughs> There's he gets the happiness when he eats. That's right, and then he, and then it goes away again. Yep. Yeah, that's a very that's a very zen way to. Maybe we're all that goldfish, guys. Oh shit! <laughs> this is the food, you guys. <laughs> this is the food. And we're gonna go out in the streets and see the death. <laughs> uh, but what I want, what I do want to talk to you about is that because. Your career now is on fucking fire, and 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 what I what I love about what, about what you do, and and you really were inspirational to me for why I decided to, you know, you were a guy that sort of made me realize like, oh, you know, if you like nerdy things, you can just go make a career out of that if you want to. <laughs> that never occurs to people because you you have this idea. I mean, it, it does more now, but when we were growing up, it was sort of like, well, you know, you. You kind of do. I don't want to do that. That's what I love. I'm going to keep. That. Yeah, that it's not. I'm going to go do that thing that I hate. You don't. For, you don't think of it as like you can do that as a job because right. you don't think of it as a job. And so you know, you start this blog, um, and then I know you you lost a, a bunch of entries, right? Didn't you? Yeah. 
Was it yeah, you were on a, a platform? Huge, he had a, had a huge, huge uh, database meltdown. And you lost a bunch of entries, and yeah. you, you started it again, and you kept going, and you turned it into a book, and then you turned that into another book. And, you know, and really, you, you've managed to build this career off of stuff that you care about. And, and, and what's great now is that people know, I think people know who you are. As opposed to just the angry kid inside, you know. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been really uh, it's been really weird, man. Like um, I uh, I try not to think about it too much because uh, I don't want to be like uh, you know Lenny with the rabbit, right? You know, um, and it's it's really easy are you to will just, crush you know, crush yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't want to think about it too much because I don't want to. I I have this joke with with my wife. Where I'll, I'll say like you know I'm kind of a big deal, <laughs> and, and and I just mean it I just mean it as a joke, and I'm actually just doing my best Nathan Fillion as Captain Hammer impression yep. when I do that, and um, and by the way when you have Nathan on your show, if you ever want me to forgive you for not having me just come hang out and sit in the room when you had Matt Smith on your show, okay, you better bring me over to just come over hang out and be like oh that's my weird friend who sits in the corner okay and and drools. <laughs> <laughs> and drools in excitement because he's in the same room as you. That's Are his you job. Nathan? Are you All Nathan? Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm really grateful, and uh, uh, I'm glad for the opportunities to work. And the, the, the coolest thing is, uh, I, I've been able to kind of reach out to people, and um, I don't know, show people that that self-publishing is possible, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, doing what you love and making a living at it is possible. And uh, a lot of this came from raising children. Um, yeah, because when, when you married Anne, who is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was at your, I was at your wedding. Uh, I remember. I remember some of it because it was when I was still drinking. It was, uh, a, good, it was a good wedding. Yeah, it was, it it was, was, it was, was a, a really good, fun we wedding. Time. And, and yeah, Anne, so she had two kids. Anne had two sons, and you... Uh, I raised them. You raised them, and I, now I, they're dudes. Yeah. And they're pretty and, cool dudes. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ryan, Anne's older son, asked me to adopt him a couple of years ago, so I did. And you were like, whoa, whoa, awesome. whoa, whoa. Like, oh, slow down, buddy. We got some boundaries here. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was awesome. He, uh, he said, I owe a lot of who I am to you. I love the things I love because of, because of you. Yeah. And you've been a dad to me my whole life. Uh, even when I didn't make it easy for you to be a dad to me, and I want I want your name, and I want you to be my dad, and I was like, <laughs> and he was like, Woo-hoo! not anymore, pussy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I just I saw these things. You know, being a parent really changes you, and um, I saw these things that just seemed sort of like common sense, like just. Fucking be nice to people. Yeah. Like, just be kind yep. and be honest. And, and have your word mean more than your signature on a contract. And everything that is worth doing is hard. And I try to impart all of these things to my kids. And then that just sort of started affecting my writing. And that was all distilled down to my PAX keynote where I said, don't be a dick. Yep. And then I saw, like, I don't know, months after that, I was be- reading Xbox forums, and people were quoting that in their signatures. And people were quoting it in their signatures on the PAX forum. And then people started calling it Wheaton's Law. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like, I'm an atheist, but that's kind of like Jesus's law. <laughs> 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 it's a good law. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. And um, uh, those are the things that are really great. And I'm really, I'm incredibly grateful that I can do what I love, uh, I can feel like I'm I'm good at it, 
uh, I can, you know, like, I just entertain people, you know? Like, um, uh, I, I'm the first against the wall when the revolution comes, you know? Right. Nobody cares, right. you know? They're like, can you, do you have any skills that matter? I'm like, oh, I could rouse them to think what you want them to think. I could roll up some characters for you to that, use. That would be good. Um, so I really just, I just try to, uh, I just try to not fuck it all up. Yeah. And when I have an opportunity to, to um, inspire somebody, um, I do my best to rise to that challenge and, and honor the opportunity. That's great. And, and, I, and I really feel like you, you, know, you did. And you were the first... Like, you got on Twitter before anyone else. <laughs> I was on Twitter so long ago. These, like, social media douchebags were, were writing articles about how you were supposed to use Twitter. Yeah. So my response to it was to write, I wrote an article of my own, wherein I said, here's how you use Twitter, however you fucking want to. <laughs> and whenever someone says, this is the right way to use Twitter, and if you don't follow back, you're not doing it right. What they're actually saying is, this is going to be huge, and here's how I can benefit from you using it in a way right. that serves my core business. Right. And uh, I made a lot of enemies among the uh, SEO douchebags. Right. And um, listen, if you, uh, I'm really happy to, to, like, I'm proud. That's a, like achievement unlocked. Well, I remember, I remember right when, uh, you know, I, I came into Twitter after you did, naturally, like, like every kind of nerd, nerd thing. And, uh, and then there was that moment where you started getting massive amounts of followers. Oh, and, I, God, and I remember when, seeing yeah. your tweets where you were like, I have 90,000 people following me now. It was like 30,000, 50,000, 90,000. Yeah. And you, and you kind of were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, like, I, I could see, even in just the short tweets, there was like performance anxiety. Yeah. Like, it's like, don't say penis, don't say penis, don't say penis, <laughs> penis. Yeah. So I wrote this thing. It's like, how I'm going to disappoint you. Just, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I remember like, don't, that. Yeah. Don't follow me on Twitter. It's going to suck. Yeah. Here's why. <laughs> but, you know, I think, and, and I certainly feel like this for me too, it's been a great way to. You know, I think it, it really connected you to like-minded people. I, like, it, it did what it was... That's an obvious thing to say. It did what it was supposed to do, I think. Yeah. And, you know, to see all the support, like when you popped up on Big Bang Theory and, you know... I mean, you're, so, you're, 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 now, you're now a geek legend. Like, you're someone... And I hope you understand this. You are someone that... And I know you don't want to hear it. But I know I, you're someone yeah, that, I, that little kid will, would look up to and be like, Oh, I want to be like that guy. Oh. Yeah. No. What he's really well, saying just... is, will you adopt him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about that. Like, you know, you, you should, when you're an adult, you should be the person that young you would have looked up to. Well, like, that's a great challenge, though. Like, if you can, if you can do that, not like, eh, look, I can I crush things, well, you know, whatever. But you should be like, if there was that guy who, like, inspired you. You know, that person who, like, uh, I just wrote a thing about this recently. There was a librarian that turned me into a reader. Eh, I want to I wanna be with the guy who crushes things. And, okay, well, no, but I think that's cool. Like, if I, if I could be a guy, like, I would be Han Solo. Yeah. I'm never going to be Han Solo. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're not rogue. You're not, you're not, well. No, listen, the truth is. I'm Luke Skywalker who wants to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. That's, I'm never going to be Luke Skywalker. Uh, I may be Luke Skywalker in the tree on Dagobah, but I'm never, I'm never ever going to be Luke Skywalker in the, in the trench on the Death Star. I'm certainly not going to be Luke Skywalker uh, holding on to the aerials at the bottom of the Cloud City. Like I'm never going to get to be that guy. I'm a whiny Luke Skywalker with the flappy hair and the twin sons on... On, on Tatooine. And that's okay, though, because I know who I am. Yep. 
<laughs> it's sometimes I yeah I, I kind of feel the same way too. Like no, I'm Luke Skywalker who just stayed behind to take care of the farm. Yeah. Like you guys go ahead, you guys go ahead. I'm, no, I do this thing in Beggars Canyon. It's awesome. <laughs> We're good. Big chicks dig it. Biggest moisture farm on Tatooine. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I got some. I got some womp rants. I'm gonna hot shoot. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Well, not much bigger than a meter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I don't care if that R2 unit is a bad motivator. I'm not, in, I'm not intimidated by that. <laughs> I can take care of that shit. Come on, I'll give you an oil bath. Come back to my place. <laughs> wow, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's right. I have weird daddy issues, but that's okay. I'm sure it'll all get resolved. <laughs> I hang out with this old guy who lives really far away that everybody says is weird, and he's always like making me move stuff with my mind. Whatever, but, you know, he's whatever. fine. It's cool. He wears a robe. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's always swinging this thing around. It looks like a giant cock, but like it's not. But it's not. It's like not what it is. It's like we okay. So we sword fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but probably it's not what you think. Some kind of like. I mean, it's a saber. It's like a. Yeah, it's like yeah, a saber. It's, it's like it's fencing. Yeah, it's, it's like, dick fencing. What's it's wrong with dick that? fencing? It's like weird. A, it's like a, we live on a desert planet. What else are we? What are we gonna do? do? It's like a dick made out of light. All right, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's awesome. You're just jealous because your dick doesn't light up. Yeah, whatever. I mean, your dick is not both particle and wave. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm really proud of you, Mr. Solid Meat Dick. Whatever. <laughs> Mr. Solid Meat Dick. That sounds. That sounds like. It sounds like an old ELO song. <laughs> uh, Mr. Solid Meat Dick. Solid Meat Dick. <laughs> And this week, number five on the charts. <laughs> Is that Don on the phone? <laughs> I I t- I those t- get Don on the phone and tell him I want a goddamn concerted effort <laughs> that I don't have to do a fucking uh, death <laughs> dedication Going out coming of out of an uh, up-tempo fuck fucking fuck record. Fuck. Yeah, and where are the our, pictures that I ordered? That's uh, Casey Kasem yeah. spinning out of control. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes forget we, there are we, other we people. Do that. <laughs> Let, whenever I do Wootstock, Paul will turn to the audience and he'll say, not all of this is for you. <laughs> Some of this is for oh us. Oh my God, and Wootstock is yeah. crushing it. Like, I, I've done two or three Wootstocks. Yeah, you killed at the Wootstock that we did at Largo. Lutz, at Largo was a blast, and thank you, and, and Comic-Con was a blast, yeah. and then I, w- I was the, where I heard they turned away Joss Whedon at the door. Fucking we were at, We were performing at this venue, and... I think Jed came with it. Was was it? It Jed? was Josh, Jed, and Marissa. And they came in this venue where they did Wootstock. Was used to having, I don't know what. It was like a rock show. It was venue. a rock club, and and so they were, yeah. <laughs> it Bikers was, and punkers, yeah. And so, so I was like, cool. I would have come here when I was eighteen. So Josh, Josh Whedon and Jed uh, show up, and uh, I don't know. They're not on the list, or the show's already started. Or something and they don't let them in. And we had told them, listen, we know Josh is coming, so just you know, let him in. And I don't know. I think that maybe the bouncer couldn't read. Right. So I think that might have been part of it. Um, and I think, I'm, and I'm really confident that um, uh, that that none of his bookmarks are are unrelated to porn and tap out. Yep, that's right. So it's very <laughs> unlikely that he actually, it's you know, was familiar with Joss or anything like He's that. He's gonna pound that Rockstar Energy drink out of a douche right after he yeah. fucks his Ed Hardy T-shirt at Dickhead Camp. Yeah. <laughs> an old comedy bit uh, but uh, he uh, they turned away Joss Whedon and then we were all heartbroken when we found out after yeah, the show yeah not because we were bummed that he missed the show but because we were like wait we could have hung out with Joss Whedon yeah we could have hung out with Joss and then 
literally trying to plot the nerd assassination of the bouncers. Like, you don't even know what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> and just and then and then we imagine like what would have happened if we had known it was going on and said to like seven hundred people, however much it was, guys, Joss Whedon's outside and the bouncers won't let him in. Would you like to help out? <laughs> And then just Internet Vigilante Squad <laughs> Assemble! And then you just see like what would happen is just like uh, just like the, the the like fire ants would devour the bouncer, all the nerds, and then come away with this skeleton that would collapse. It would have happened. Would so, then it would, step over. To it would have happened venue. so fast yeah. that the skeleton would have still been standing, and yeah. then it would have collapsed, revealing Joss behind it. Yep, exactly. And then we, we all would have cheered. Yeah, and then the show would have gone on, just like in Piranha when uh, when Jerry O'Connell gets eaten from the waist down. He, now he had a waist down when you guys did Stand by Me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so I was up in Vancouver working on Eureka when Piranha came out and uh, I was at dinner with Niall Mater and Neil Grayston and uh, Niall plays Zane and Neil plays uh, Fargo and we were having a really really great dinner Um, uh, I love Vancouver it's probably my favorite city in the world Vancouver and uh, it's the thing about downtown Vancouver is that like you cannot swing a hockey stick without hitting an amazing restaurant I thought you're going to say you can't swing a hockey stick without hitting another hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funnier. That's why you're a comic and I'm not. Um, I'm going to punch that up and resubmit it on rewrite now. All right. Um, so uh, we were having just a really, really great dinner. And we had decided that we were going to go see Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm-hmm. But it was only playing at one theater that was kind of a hassle to get to. And none of us really wanted to see it that – none of us wanted to see it enough – to like, you know, go on that quest. Neither did the rest of the world, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So then we decided, okay, well, we'll just go see Inception up at the Scotiabank because that's closer. Uh, But fuck, Inception starts at 10 and it's a three-hour movie and I don't want to do that. And oh, you know what else starts at 10? (laughs) Piranha 3D. And, uh, Did you guys eat a lot of spicy food? Yeah, so yeah we were like, Tur- only a fucking jerk would see that. These flatulent youths want to come in and see a, a, a fish movie. Being propelled by their farts. And then there's this, and then there's this, like, this little pause where it's like, guys, let's go see Piranha 3D. So we did. And it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Because that movie was like, listen, this is what this movie is. Yeah. Okay? We're gratuitous violence ridiculous ridiculous gore then the, the dick belchinous piranha you ever did see <laughs> and I, I loved it I, have, I was so satisfied when that movie was over I was like that is exactly what I wanted to see that is that it was great. It was one it really of was I mean, movie. for reals. One of my favorite movies of last year. It really was. It's a, a great. It's a great movie. Do you feel like an <laughs> asshole thinking it was going to suck now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because I mean, if, if you just sort of like look on the face of it, like what, what the movie promises. Like the rad, the rad poster. <laughs> Do you have to excuse Jonah? He loves. This is my world. <laughs> this is what I live with. He loves <laughs> piranha. He, yeah. uh, he loves the fish yeah. piranha. So no, oh, kind of, oh, I see. Yeah, he's I see. a piranha. Have you ever file. fucked a piranha out of the tank? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but should, my should, my favorite should, scene in the toy involves piranhas. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. You, uh, how do you feel about uh, the, the the? Never mind. There's not piranha in that movie. Which movie? The one that I'm not going to say because it'll make me sound stupid. Terms of Endearment? Terms no, of there's endearment. no piranha in that. <laughs> the piranhas in the world according to Garp. Ah, that scene. Because there's also a dick throwing up scene in that movie that's <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, my God. <laughs> there absolutely is. Yeah. It's usually not what you're thinking about at that point in the movie. No, no. But, yeah. uh, but there is a dick yeah. throwing up scene in yeah. that movie. Uh, it's implied. Yeah. 
But you see that they... Come to the podcast. Here's talking about dick throwing up scenes. <laughs> Bet you're glad you made the drive to Hollywood tonight, everybody. This week on the week in dick puke scenes. <laughs> well, it's still I just those this, two movies. I give that scene four dick pukes. <laughs> 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 Wait, is that a good thing? <laughs> On a scale of five or dick pukes, this uh, one gets a four. It's a, it's, a re- it's a reverse merit scale, so... That one's kind of a dick verp. It didn't really get all the way into... Just on the back of my tongue. So Dude. it tasted bad. I gotta I tell was you guys, very disappointed in it. I gotta tell you something. That dick puke scale is so Vader pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to, uh, you know, we're... Is it right if we just go for a few minutes longer, Matt? Okay, okay, cool. Because uh, I just, I thought it might be kind of cool to take a couple questions. If, uh, if anyone has a couple questions for Will, we can, we can take a couple audience questions before we wrap it up. Anyone? It looks like no. I think we're done. Anyone just <laughs> bounding out of it? We've literally, co- we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. We've um, made the audience want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like when you were back for Star Trek Nemesis and they made you a lieutenant junior grade, they were like, fuck you. <laughs> I asked John, uh, 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 John Logan, who wrote the script, it's like, you know, people are going to ask me, like, why is Wesley in a Star Trek uniform? Because, like, I thought that he was, you know, riding around, uh, <laughs> you know, getting intergalactic van candy with the Traveler. <laughs> I'm confused by that, you know? Mom, listen, I know this is weird and all, but I'm quitting Starfleet so that I can go travel through space and time with the weird kind of pedo bear bald guy. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Yes, Wesley, just leave. <laughs> I don't care what you do, just leave. Anything is better than what you're doing now. Uh, and, 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 you then, can... and then Deanna Troy's like, listen to her. I, she knows what she's talking yeah. about. I can't, I'm so tired of you walking by me and hitting me with your mind boners. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so I asked him that, and he said, well, uh, maybe he put on the uniform to be, like, you know, to be, like, respectful of, of being there, or, like, maybe the traveler thing never happened, and I was like, really? It was a dream? Like, like is, that, is that what you're telling me? Like, like he, like, insta- he's going to be in the fucking... Been like when you he's going to be in the Sonic... He's going to be in the Sonic shower with Patrick Duffy. Like, that's how, that's how that went down. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Could have been like when you were doing that experiment in engineering with the warp bubble, and then your mom was like, where is it? And she was stuck on the inside, and she was like, yeah, that's where it was all happened. It was alternate universe stream, guys. Like, you've never heard of that? (laughs) Rebooted Star Trek? Yeah. (laughs) We went to the rebooted Star Trek premiere together. We had so much fun. We went to the Watchmen together, and we went to rebooted Star Trek together. And we did that inside of like three weeks. Yeah, it was a fun couple of weeks. We leveled up when we did that. Absolutely. God, that was great. We took those guys down. What you guys have to understand is that, of course, to the person who is not on Star Trek, it seems like, why wouldn't you want to be on Star Trek all the time? But I know it was difficult when you were doing it, like we said earlier, but also... You guys, you know how you know how nerds can be. Nerds can be very arrogant and entitled, and they they like oh, they like on. what that's, they like. That's crazy talk. You're doing it now. <laughs> uh, and Here's what I imagine. I imagine now you're the chief engineer on the Titan with Riker. I need to imagine these things. <laughs> okay, to keep, to keep that timeline of Star Trek going in my head. Good, good, oh, good, but but. but <laughs> <laughs> Would but, you sit on the other side of Jonah? <laughs> Everyone back out of the theater slowly. <laughs> but I just, uh, I, but I, I experience firsthand people coming up to you and being like, I fucking hate your character. I wish oh, you would man. die. 
like literally in your in your face, yeah. it, like like you're not a human being. Yeah, telling you that they hate you. The uh, the reverse side of that has really started to come out. Um, uh, maybe I guess probably over the last five years, I've been meeting people who are our age, mm-hmm. and they grew up watching Star Trek and. Uh, I meet people who are engineers and scientists because they thought Wesley was awesome Mm -hmm. and they wanted to do that. Um, A friend of mine was recently in Antarctica driving robots around the Arctic tundra observing uh, seals uh, uh, and living... Heidi uh, Klum's wife? uh, Husband? Heidi Klum's wife. Seals well, a lady. You know, actually, I have some fan fiction where he, he is not, Heidi Klum's he wife. He would be so spotted in the snow. It would be like Seal. That's obviously <laughs> Seal. That's not. No, he'd be swimming in a whirlpool. Uh, but he said, he said, I, you know, I, I never said this to you because we're friends and it would be weird, but I am going to Antarctica because I thought Wesley and Jordy were so cool that I wanted to be an engineer and I made the choice when I was like eight. And, uh, and I'm going to, he's like, I'm leaving for Antarctica in two days because of that. And I meet people who tell me that the, the only way they could have a relationship with their parents was through Star Trek. That was a thing that they did together. Uh, you know, my, my son and I uh, really wanted to like Dollhouse, and we stayed with it all the way to the end, so we should get a badge for that. <laughs> and, and, it's uh, made of shit. <laughs> and and at, the, at, the, at, the, at the end of the season, Nolan turns to me and he says, I can't watch this anymore. The only reason I watch this is because we watch it together. And I said, well, that's the only reason I'm watching it. Like, we should watch something that we both like. <laughs> uh, but the flip side of that, and, you know, like... Just out there, I, just so you know, I, now Joss Whedon's never going to try to get into another Wootstock. I don't think it's Joss's fault. That, that, that I think that they hired him to do something and then they wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. I really think that's what happened. Um, and uh, uh, I, I have met, met people who have... If I could build the time machine, I would go back to angry young me and I'd be like, dude, okay, first of all, don't be so angry. Your life is amazing and you just don't realize it because you have no fucking perspective because you are a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's number one. Uh, And number two, all these people who hate you right now, um, you're going to meet like by a factor of 10,000 people who think what you're doing matters. You know, it inspires them. It matters to them. And I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Get out of my... I don't know. I'm playing Game Boy. Are you sure you wouldn't be like, hey, creepy older guy with a beard, get out of my room. <laughs> Furthermore, how did you get in here? Nah, that stuff happens so often that I'd just be like, Look, again? You might as well just let me see your wiener. We have the same wiener. <laughs> if I blow you, it's not gay. Look, it's... Listen, it's temporal masturbation is technically okay. what it is. Come on, there's, listen, there's going to be a movie called Human Centipede. <laughs> Don't you want to be ahead of the curve? Don't you want to be just ahead? ahead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going back and blowing yourself in time. Um, that right now there's a 15-year-old boy who's like, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, you know, but it, I guess in closing, uh, it, is, it is really great that... that that you're, everything's going so well now. What else are you, what else are you working on? That, I'm about uh, to go back to Vancouver to start up Eureka again. Great. I'm um, really excited about that. I'm super bummed that, the, that they're holding it. They're like, um, the, what we have heard unofficially is that they're not even going to air the second half of season four until uh, uh, June. 
yeah. which is such a well, bummer. Well, they have like, so I, many ghosts to hunt on that network. I know, I know. Listen, I get it. I, haunted I, places. Listen, so I understand. many haunted places. There are only... International! <laughs> then there's only so many hours in the day that, you know, and there's a lot of wrestling that goes on yeah. that, that is science fiction related. As long so as they important. can make another sharktopus, I <laughs> am fine with it. Okay, so the very first Blu-ray... <laughs> I bought was Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Fuck Such yeah. a great movie. And I loved it. And Ann and I were so excited for Mega. What was it? Uh, Mega Python versus Gatoroid? Versus Gatoroid. Because they filmed it at the Arboretum in Arcadia, and we used to go there all the time. So we could like pick out like where things were, and we were like, you know, it's like, oh, we, we had a picnic underneath that palm tree once. There were no giant alligators in there then. But guys, guys. <laughs> they really let that place go to shit. Okay, so Debbie Gibson is amazing. I love her. My wife knows this. Anne is my Debbie Gibson. I am her Rick Springfield. We're okay with it. Okay. <laughs> Tiffany was terrific. The VFX were really bad. I mean, even by mega standards, they were really bad. You saw the Gatorade movie? I did, yeah. We were excited. We DVR'd it. We were like, yeah, we're going to watch this fucking thing. Oh, we're going to watch the fucking hell out of this thing. We're going to watch this thing right out of the terrarium. Well... Uh, and then and then I was and then I was so bummed and then I was so bummed I was so sad I was like it's not it's this is it's not as good as the other one but the what other has one, happened to my life where I'm like this isn't as good as the previous Mega Python movie that I saw but, I've really been let yeah, down yeah but in the I first think. one they just basically splurged for like one shark shot and then just showed it over and over again I know it was perfect <laughs> it was a perfect movie. And, and in the second one, you know, they, Debbie Gibson sang on the soundtrack, which I thought was also nice. Oh, she did? Yeah. I knew her when I was, a really, when I was really young, when I was like 14. I had, uh, imagine the biggest crush you could have on a person, and that's the crush I had on her. Yeah. It was a big, 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 big crush. And, and um, uh, she let me hang out with her and never let on that she knew that I was like, I'll do anything for you. I'd like to get lost in your eyes and other song titles you've written. <laughs> Only in my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of things happened in my dreams. So, uh, a lot of innocent things. We held, we held hands and went to the mall. And then when we went to the mall, we were like, come on, let's go take out Tiffany. <laughs> because back then they were like enemies. That was how, Where is how she? it worked. I think she's performing in front of Merry-Go-Round. Yeah, let's go. Are we ready? Oh, what could have been? She really makes your dick throw up. Flowers you give me. Uh, so that's, I think that's, we're kind of at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we're all done. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, we, there's, another, there's another podcast after this. And, you know, we, we did an hour and 40 minutes, which is... Oh, my which God. Is, uh, you, uh, you better split this over it. two episodes or people are going to get mad. No, I'll just, I'll just put it all as uh, <laughs> Mega Will versus Giant Christopus. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be like living on veteran all over again. All over again. So I'm uh, I'm really proud of you. Um, oh, by the way, get out of come um, on. Because I, because now because I'm on your because I'm on your podcast and there's an audience full of people here who love you. Um, I'm super proud of you. I knew when we lived on Strathmore that you were going to do super awesome art things. 
Um, and uh, uh, I remember uh, sitting down and just making you draw Ren and Stimpy stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, and I wanted I, to be a car- I wanted to be a cartoonist for the longest time. And uh, we went to all those Spike and Mike festivals of animation. Yeah, we and, watched Frog and, Baseball together. Yeah, and, uh, and and and, uh, and 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 I still don't understand what was going on with Deadsy. Um, Deadsy was, was so weird. Was and uh, uh, but but I'm I'm really proud of you. It is awesome that you have carved out a niche uh, for yourself. And uh, there are, for reals, and I've told you this before, and I'll put it on the podcast now, there are very few podcasts that I just never miss. Oh, and, man. Uh, and yours is one of them, and I love it. And I love the people that you have on it, and you guys are awesome. Thank you, Will. Uh, Thank you. And, uh, and it's really just, it's really great to finally, finally get to be part of this. Oh, so I forgot Matt and Jonah me. were here tonight. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey. We were talking about stories about when we hang out. Oh. <laughs> you probably missed that. I you think someone turned that. off our microphones, but it was I really funny. I didn't mean to... It's really I funny. I didn't mean to stomp on your compliment. I just, I just got all flustered and embarrassed because I, you know, I appreciate it. We could sit here and slobber. Up. When I think back of all the things that we did together and all the experiences we had, when you were saying that, I had the thought, I think Will and I kind of dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we kind of did. Yeah, without yeah. the fucky parts. Uh, yeah. That's all right. A lot of my dating was like that. All right. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much, Will Wheaton, for being yeah, here. Thank you coming, guys everybody. for coming out. Thank you to Smodcastle for letting us do another live podcast here. Uh, we'll see you again very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your burrito.
This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was generously brought to you by Falcon Northwest Computer Systems. Custom build the PC, laptop, or desktop computer for you, complete with your awesome company logo. Visit falcon-nw.com. Goodbye, my children. Now leaving Nerdist.com. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother Lied like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.